0: Investing in real estate has really become very popular in the last few years. And what ends up happening is that people who have had pretty straightforward tax situations historically are now in a situation where they are much more complex and there's a lot more moving pieces and parts. And so within the real estate niche specifically, there are quite a few different tax strategies that can be used to help mitigate, reduce your taxes. And so today I want to talk about six tips that are going to help make sure that your taxes are optimized as you get going in real estate investing, or maybe you've been in the industry for a really long time that you aren't using some of these strategies. This will be a really great episode for both newbies and seasoned investors. So check it out, listen up and take some notes. Hey friend, welcome to the Small Business Finance Podcast. Do you want confidence and clarity with your business finances? Do you find yourself up late at night searching for tax deductions? How to track your business finances or QuickBooks tips? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals but you end up feeling confused and frustrated because accounting and tax is really boring? Hi, I'm Tiffany. I've heard this so many times from my clients who used to feel this way. They felt overwhelmed about what to do with their numbers and wish they could stop the financial madness. They wanted clarity and the ability to grasp the financial basics, know the they cool when they had a question and to stop worrying about owing money to the IRS. But they thought they weren't good with numbers and the overwhelm kept them stuck without any solid financial plan until they realized that business systems are the ticket to gaining financial confidence. In this podcast, you will learn step-by-step systems, easy-to-understand financial tips, and mindset transformation so that you will gain financial confidence as an entrepreneur. So dust off your spreadsheet, warm up your coffee, and let's get going. So I find it so interesting that real estate has become very popularized. It is very much the, I guess the buzzword is real estate investing or the niche to be in. It's very much the place to be on so many levels. And I get so many people investing in real estate coming into my CPA firm, my practice all the time. And what ends up happening is that these people have corporate jobs or W-2 income and they just start dabbling in real estate. Maybe they start doing some fix and flips. Maybe they're getting into short-term real estate with Airbnb, the RBO, or they're doing long-term real estate plays and doing long-term rentals. And there's so much opportunity within real estate. I mean, frankly, it's a really good opportunity to not only get a lot of tax advantage. I mean, frankly, there's so much tax advantage within real estate, but also create long-term wealth when it comes to asset appreciation, accumulation, things like that. So I'm not surprised that the industry is growing so rapidly that because most people that get into real estate have full-time gigs, they aren't typical entrepreneurs, Um, And I think it's very common for real estate investors to be people in the corporate world, not your kind of typical business owners. And so because of that, the tax implications really create a lot of questions. And there's a lot of concern and just a cloud of doubt, if you will, within how even their taxes should look. I had a conversation today, actually, with someone who they bought a brand new home, turned it turned their old residence into a real estate property. Their taxes were just too complex to do on their own anymore, so they came to me. I've got quite a few clients who are corporate execs and they decide to use the extra cash that they have to put into real estate while they keep their corporate jobs and use that money to fund it. So today we're going to talk about six different tips that will help you when it comes to your taxes and Reducing those taxes and even just understanding the best way to do your taxes when it comes to being a real estate investor, whether you are a brand new real estate investor or one that has been in the industry for some time, the very first thing is to understand what a 1031 exchange is. So, 1031 exchanges will allow you, as you buy real estate and then sell real estate to you know upgrade into bigger value properties or. You have a gain on a property that you're wanting to not have to pay taxes on, 1031 exchanges help facilitate that. So, essentially, what a 1031 exchange does is it allows you to delay the capital gains on that property. So, instead of paying capital gains tax on a gain on a property, uh, you essentially just roll it over into another property of like value or like kind property. It's essentially a property that has to be used for the same purposes. And in doing so, you can continually just kick the can down the road as far as your taxes is concerned and not have to pay those capital gains, which is a really sweet deal, frankly, because with capital gains, you either pay 0%, which is hardly anybody, the uh, income threshold to pay 0% is pretty low, or 15% or 20%. So if you can say 15 or 20% on your taxes, that's a significant savings. Now, there are some rules that you have to be aware of when it comes to 1031 exchanges. And first of all, you want to make sure you are working with someone that can help you with this. Because on a 1031 exchange, in order to do it, you can't touch the money. In other words, upon the sale of the property, that money has to go into escrow. It can't hit your bank your bank account. If it does, then you have to pay the taxes on it. So you have to work with someone who specializes in 1031 exchanges. <clears throat> you have to make sure that the property that you're going to replace it with, that you have that named within 45 days. You really need to actually choose three replacement properties Within that 45 days to abide by the rules, you also have to have the exchange complete within 180 days of the close of the original property. And then last but not least, you have to make sure that the value is equal or greater than the original property. There are a few other little rules that go in there. Those are the big ones that most people ask and the things that apply to most people. And so if that's something that you're interested in, again, you want to work with a professional that does these all the time. The next strategy that you can use when it comes to real estate is if you are doing fix and flips, live in the property. If you can live in that property while you are updating it, upgrading it, and you can live in it for at least two years before selling it, then you avoid capital gains altogether up to 250000 if you are single and 500000 if you're married. And that can be significant. You know, it's kind of a pain living on a property when you're remodeling and things like that, it's not for everyone, but particularly if you are single or if you don't have kids or a lot of pets, if your life is a little bit more simple, then this might be really positive when it comes to your taxes. It might be a really good strategy to reduce your taxes significantly. Again, you would reduce your taxes, the capital gains rate being between zero and 20% on whatever that gain is up to $500,000 if you're married and $250,000 if you're single. The third strategy is to use an installment sale with seller financing to reduce your taxes. So if you have a property that you are buying from someone and you can put as a part of your negotiation terms for the seller to finance it, this can be a real advantage if you are the one selling the property because rather than paying all the capital gains up front, you then spread it out over the course of however many years the installment sale actually is. So think about it like this. If you can sell a property and make an extra $100,000, in other words, you would then pay capital gains on $100,000. Then instead of paying capital gains all up front, you're able to spread that out over say 10 years, then you would only pay capital gains on $10,000 at a time. Well, depending on your tax bracket, that could be a huge advantage where you perhaps end up paying a lower capital gains rate. Again, there are three different capital gains rate. There's zero, 15%, and 20%. If you're able to get your capital gains rate down to 15%, then you save 5% on that, which on $100,000 is $5,000. Alternatively, if you can get it down to the 0%, Bracket and pay no capital gains rate. You would say fifteen percent. So that can be a really good strategy, depending on if you are p- potentially on the cusp of going up into the the next tax bracket with capital gains. So that's a big one. And of course, there are plenty of things that you can do legally to make sure that you are protected. You'll want to have a promissory note. You'll want to get with your lawyer to make sure all the documentation is done properly, so that you as the seller are protected. But that is a really Big advantage with seller financing is reduction of your capital gains taxes. The fourth tip is to realize appreciation on the property by borrowing, not selling. So maybe you've got a property that is appreciated in value, it's a great property, easily rented, etc. But because it's appreciated so much, you're considering getting rid of it, selling it, so that you can use that cash to buy other properties. So another option is to Borrow against the value of the property versus selling it. A lot of lenders, most lenders, frankly, will look at the value of the property and actually give you a loan on that property. There's HELOCs, there's a variety of different types of loans that you can get, but by doing that, you are eliminating the capital gains that you would be paying if you were to sell that property. And then on top of that, you would have a deduction for the interest on that loan. So, a deduction on top of it. So, it's a really good strategy to also reduce capital gains. If you're noticing the theme within real estate is you end up having capital gains tax issues. And so understanding these strategies to help reduce and mitigate capital gains tax is a really big deal and something that is going to establish you as a much more seasoned, knowledgeable real estate professional. The next strategy is one of my favorites is a cost segregation strategy. Cost segregation essentially speeds up the amount of depreciation that you can get on a property so that you get more deduction now versus later. This is not always a great strategy, but it can be really powerful depending on your particular tax details. So as with all of these strategies that I'm mentioning today, you definitely want to get with your CPA to discuss them and see how they relate to you and your particular situation. I don't know your situation, it's hard for me to know for certain that if any of these will work for you, but they can be very powerful. So with cost segregation, what happens is you have to have a study done. Um, It's a formal study and depending on the value of that study, depends on how much it's going to cost and who can actually do it. What you want is to have a formal study because then that study actually has to go with your tax return to be sent off to the IRS to show how you made a change in depreciation. So when you have a real estate property, you are able to depreciate that over 27 and a half years. That's rental real estate, residential real estate rather. When you do that, all parts of that house are depreciated over 27 and a half years, regardless of whether it's the foundation, the roof, the electrical, the sheetrock, the carpet. What a cost segregation study does is it right sizes the depreciation. So things like flooring or sheetrock, some cases even a roof or a fence, those things are going to have different youthful lives. They will have different time frames that they need to be replaced or updated or you know maintained or repaired, etc. So rather than them being depreciated out over 27 and a half years, maybe they should be depreciated over five years or seven years or 10 years. So you get that tax benefit sooner rather than later. So that can be huge, especially if you have a year where you're going to have a bigger tax bill. And so you're trying to mitigate that tax in that particular year. Maybe you don't need to do it every year. It's kind of a one-time event, right? That can be really beneficial. When it's not beneficial is if you are thinking that you're going to sell the property soon. So the only time you want to do a cost segregation study is really when you think that you're going to hold it for the foreseeable future. Otherwise, what ends up happening is that you have depreciation recapture on the back end and there'll be more of that that has to be taken account whenever you actually sell the property. So that is one thing that you want to be mindful of with cost segregation. But it can be huge, can really reduce your taxes significantly. I've got some clients that um, they both have corporate jobs, well-paying corporate jobs, and they've been real estate professionals over the last two or three years. I believe at this point they have 12 or 13 properties. So they've been investing pretty heavily over the last few years into real estate. Well, because of their jobs, they get stock options uh, from their company. And because of that, they have big tax implications on those years that they get stock options. So we were looking for ways that we could reduce their overall tax strategy or tax burden. And because of these properties, we determined that was a really great opportunity to reduce your taxes. So if we could take these properties and do cost segregation studies, and we would be able to reduce those in the years that it matter. It's a little bit more complex than that. So we also had to do things like put those properties into a partnership return where they have personal guarantees on these loans. And because of the personal guarantee, they have debt basis, which means they could take the losses. So it's a little bit more complex than just doing a cost segregation study. Again, this is why it's so important to work with someone who knows what they're doing and has experience in real estate because... On your Schedule E, which is where rental real estate is put on your tax return, your 1040, if you make more than a certain amount of money, they actually cap your losses. So a cost segregation in that particular instance actually would not be beneficial to you. It It wouldn't be helpful. So you want to be careful to follow the rules. Use someone that knows what they're doing so that you can actually maximize these deductions. Now, the last strategy is to hold your real estate for your whole life. If you hold your real estate and you actually die owning that real estate, then what happens is that your your kids or whoever is actually going to inherit the property will get what's called a step up in basis. In other words, perhaps the property was $50,000 when you bought it, but when you pass away, it's worth $500,000. When your kids inherit it, then the basis then becomes the value then becomes $500,000 versus that 50,000. So they don't have a capital gain on that transaction anymore. And the other thing that it does is it reduces the lifetime exemption for your estate. And that value is almost $13 million in 2023. It's actually $12,920,000 for the estate exemption. So up to that amount, there is no tax even on the estate. So it can be really helpful in an overall estate tax strategy to just hold that real estate. And then whenever you pass away, your kids or grandkids or whoever it is that you're leaving this property to are not going to have to pay tax on the back end so long as the value of your estate is less than the exemption at that time, whenever it is that you pass away. So these are six really great strategies that can be super helpful when it comes to real estate. I hope that this has been helpful to you and if you haven't learned anything else, other than the fact that number one, real estate can have huge tax um, implications and it can be very positive from a tax perspective to own real estate. But then secondary to that, you want to work with someone who really is knowledgeable when it comes to real estate. So if I can help you without at all, my firm website is in the show notes. Would love to schedule a time to chat with you and see if it makes sense for us to work together. And if you have found value in this at all, share this with your real estate friends. Share this podcast episode with them. I would love to be able to help more people. And by sharing this episode, that is what happens. It gets out into algorithms to (laughs) push it out to even more people when people are sharing it, leaving me positive reviews, five-star reviews. All of those things help me get out to more people. So without said, thank you so much for listening today. Um, As always, it is such a pleasure. I appreciate you listening and I can't wait until next time.